we have been talking about how faith works. The last couple of weeks, we have been dealing with the subheading, a new faith has come. Will you say that? A new faith has come. So we want to continue on that. Again, I have been dilatory by design. I'm in no way, form, or fashion trying to accelerate through this through this teaching because the Bible lets us know that the just shall live by faith. The new creation in Christ, the righteous, those who have been born from above shall live by faith. And we have come to know through revelation and scriptures of the word of God that the new creation in Christ lives from or by the faithfulness, literally, of Jesus. So we're living by the faith or faithfulness of Jesus. Are you with me? And one of the things we have to, again, understand is that when you realize that we're living by or from the faithfulness of Jesus, you no longer try to qualify for God's goodness in order to receive his promises. Jesus made sure uh, by satisfying that which he was sent to do that you are qualified based upon what he did, based upon his goodness. And I'm saying that to say because for so long, again, whether it was intentional or by default, we have been taught that we live by our faith under the assumption that we try to do something based upon our own power. And most have gotten that from Habakkuk 2.4, uh, where the Bible declares the just shall live by his faith. But again, understanding the context, Habakkuk was upset about what was going on around him, the wickedness that was going on around him. So he petitioned the Lord. And uh, the Lord told him, listen, write the vision, make it plain. Those who read it may run. Then he goes on down to tell him how the just shall live by his faith. And then he talks about the Babylonians who were proud. The proud live by their faith, but in contrast, the just should live by his faith, talking about the faith of God or having faith in God, not his faith. So we live from the faith of Jesus. What do you mean? Coming into agreement with what the Lord has declared, coming into agreement that what Jesus finished, it is finished. So we're no longer working to be right before God. Jesus made us right before God. And this is very important because there are a lot of believers who are walking around in guilt and condemnation as a result of not uh, uh, thinking that they're measuring up because you've been preached to that unless you are good, God's not going to bless you. Or you have to go through these series of testings and see, again, you're trying to qualify Will testing trials come? Absolutely. But when you're tempted, don't say that you've been tempted with God, for he cannot be tempted with evil, nor does he tempt anyone. Will you have troubles in this world? Absolutely. But stop declaring that they are from God in order for you to be in position to receive something. No. And we've seen this, and I will show you again, what qualifies you for the blessing is having faith in Jesus. So you're not working to get a blessing. <laughs> Watch this, and, and I hear, and see, and, and, and we, we, again, preachers will preach God's goodness. Then, before the conclusion of the matter, 
uh, pronounce a curse back over you. They'll tell you how good God is, but then before they close, okay, now the only way you can get this, be holy. I am holy. So it's not something you're trying to do. I am holy. Well, you have to live, I'm living right. But here's the thing. Even when you're not uh, necessarily crossing every T or dotting every I, the blessings are contingent upon how good you walk. But how good you can believe in coming to agreement with God. And one of the things we understood or, or, or seen uh, throughout Hebrews 10.23 is that when you hold fast to your profession, uh, that, that Greek word homologia, guess what? You love what God loves and you hate what he hates. <laughs> hold fast to your agreement. And when you agree with God, you're going to love what he loves and hate what he hates. So you're going to want to do the right thing. Are you with me? So the blessings aren't contingent upon what you do. It's how you believe. Okay? So those who might be dealing with sickness, you have already been healed. Now watch this. God's not going to declare you healed, then pronounce sickness on you only to get your attention. Again, he gets your attention by speaking to you. He gets your attention through his word. And it's up to you to take heed when Holy Spirit is trying to minister to you. Are you here? God is good. And we're lit. And see, the burden is lifted when you realize, man, God loves me so much that he knows that. And we're going to see again, just like Israel couldn't keep all of the demands, you, you, we can't do it. We can't do it. You purpose to do it, but between now and the time Jesus come back, will you miss it? Uh, there's a good chance that you, you, you need his grace every day. Well, you need it every day, but there's a good chance you might have a misstep. We're not saying you will, but uh, uh. that's why you have to be in agreement. You have to live in agreement. So that, again, that's where the word of God comes into play. You have to know this word. So for every situation, every circumstance, and we've seen this throughout this teaching, we declare it is written. Are you with me? So we have talked about this. Matter of fact, let's go to Galatians 3, verses 23 through 25 ERV. And Satan would love... That this remains, this revelation remains obscure to you, where it remains as a cloud, where you don't see the full revelation. So we know a little bit, and and the blessings shouldn't be few, far, and in between. They should be consistent. And I submit to you, when you consistently walk in agreement, you will consistently see manifestations. A new faith has came, and here we see that Jesus is the object of our faith. Before this faith came, do you see this? Before, which tells us this is a different faith. <laughs> the patriarchs of old, we see this in Hebrews 11. They had a good report, great testimony. They were great. 
but God haven't provided something better for us. And that better portion was Jesus or is Jesus. Are you with me? So, yeah, they had faith, Minister Tillery, Minister Kate. They had faith. But God had provided something better for us. See, their faith was a faith in God that if we kept these demands, we would be presentable before you. But the faith was still in God. Now, watch this. But if they didn't do it, curses would come upon the people. But God had provided something better for us, having faith in what Jesus did. And now we're right, not based upon keeping demands, but we're right because Jesus satisfied them all. Okay? Now, uh, that's good to know because, and I showed you this, when you don't live by his faith and you still try to measure up by what you do, you put yourself back under the curse. You do it, not God. Let's watch this. Before this faith came, the law, and I'm going to explain to you what the law is, held us as what? Prisoners. We had no freedom until God showed us the way of faith that was coming. So the freedom is in the faith that was coming. Verse 24, I mean, the law was the guardian in charge of us until Christ came. The law was what? The guardian until when? Until what? Until Christ came. After he came, we could what? Be made right with God through faith. So here we see that the law was our guardian until, has Christ came? Okay, so the, the law is no longer your guardian. Now, that word law, uh, it literally means in the Greek, a, or I think your Bible, the New King James, or the King James uses the word schoolmaster, and it literally, literally means a, a schoolmaster was a trusted uh, boy leader, often a slave, and he would somewhat be employed to attend a young boy from about the age of six to 16. So he was someone who watched over the young boy's moral, morals and manners. He was not the teacher and he had no authority to punish. His business was to see the child, uh, he was to see that, that the child went to the right places and did the right things. That's what a schoolmaster does. He oversees, much like a babysitter. Such was the purpose of the law to prescribe right conduct and impose certain checks. The law convicts of sin, restrains from sin, and condemns for sin. But the law cannot save from sin. So the God-given purpose of the law was to lead us to Christ. And guess what? Its work is finished. That's why he said it was in for, or it was in play, it was our guardian until Christ came. So after he came, you no longer need a tutor. You no longer need someone. Matter of fact, he's written the laws in your heart. Are you here? Notice it's, it's right here in verse 24. After he came, we could be made right with God. Notice it says that we might be justified by faith. Do you see this? That's in verse 24. So how are you justified? By faith in who? This new faith that came. <laughs> Hold on. Let's look at this. Before this faith came, the law held us what? As prisoners. We had no freedom until God showed us the way of faith that was coming. 
talking about Christ. Come eat. Uh, now, I mean that the law was the guardian of Christ until Christ came. He told us until Christ came. He came so we could be made right with God. So how are you made right with God? Through what? Not through passing a series of tests. Not trying to measure up dealing with poverty to see if you can handle wealth. That's not the God we serve. What kind of test is that? Well, God, you know, God got to prove to see if you can handle the money coming. That's not the God we serve. And if you live up under that belief, that will forever be your portion. Do you see this? Notice it says, oh, this is good to me already. See, I'm concerned about what God is concerned about. He's concerned about our freedom in him. And that's my purpose is to deliver that truth or these truths to you. Not be moved by how you're looking at me through your mask. You're not going to rush me. So stop looking at me like that. Smile. And I can tell if you're smiling by your eyeballs through the mask. Some of you looking at me like Esther with them beady eyes, like, don't do that. Look at your name and say, don't do that. He can see it. <laughs> look, look. So uh, that we might be justified by how? Faith. In who? Christ, which is the new faith. That was coming. That was the ultimate purpose of the law, to show us that we were actually in need of Jesus, of a new faith. Look at verse 25. Now that the way of faith has come, we no longer need the law to be our guardian. So we no longer have to keep a bunch of things in order to measure up. We no longer have to dress a certain way to measure up. Dress appropriately. But it's not, ba- God doesn't look at you based upon how you dress to say, well, she's righteous or he's right. No, no. He looks at what Jesus said and whether you have holes in your clothes, a dress or a no dress, jeans or whatever, he sees you holy. Oh, I know that's hard to uproot old beliefs because you've been told you're not holy. If you wear a dress, or, or excuse me, or if you wear jeans, or if you have on makeup, or jewelry, all this nonsense. People are living in bondage. God is good. Now that the way of faith, listen, thank God we no longer have to make sacrifices. Some of us wouldn't even know where to find a turtle dove, a goat. A bullock. Thank God we can still come to worship with whatever type of sickness. There are certain sicknesses you couldn't even go among the people. You had to stay outside of the camp until you were considered clean. And I'm not being grotesque, ladies. And thank God, even during that time of the month, you, you couldn't be in here right now. No, you couldn't. You would be, be considered na- dirty. The cooties, as the kids say. I'm just trying to make it plain to you. 
You couldn't, you couldn't come. You, you couldn't come in here. We have to take, wait. And someone would take, take offense to that. They're talking about I can't come to worship. I, 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 yeah, well, thank God for a new day. We no longer need what? The law to be our guardian. Now, just to give you a little bit more context in Galatians, in response to attacks from false teachers, Paul wrote to defend his apostleship and the authority, someone say authority, of the gospel. That's why it's called the good news, man. The, the Galatians that were beginning to turn from faith minister to legalism. They were turning from this new faith back to legalism, trying to qualify based upon what they were doing. And that is a struggle that's still a relevant issue among believers today. You come and you get free and you share the truth with Scripture and you let people where you left put you back under bondage. You better stay away from there. They're telling you live any kind of way. You ain't never heard me say that. If anything, you should be declaring, I'm glad I'm free. That, that's like you spending 20 years in prison. And as soon as you walk to the, get through the gate, you have somebody standing outside pronouncing foolish to, to you only to put you right back Man, that's why it says in Galatians 5, 1, man, stay free. Let, let me see that real quick. Let me, about a, look at this. <laughs> we have what? Freedom now. Because Christ made us free. Who made you free? So there's nothing that you can do beyond believing in him that can make yourself free. He made you free. Stand strong with that freedom. Don't go back again. Don't go back in slavery again. Stand strong in that freedom. And many today would have us return to trying to earn God's favor through following rituals and obeying sets of rules. And that's what a lot of people do. And we even have to be careful of rules that are imposing us through denominations. Oh, let me just stay right there. I, ooh, I felt that in my felter. We have to be careful even of denominational rules, do's and don'ts, that are not scriptural. And you have denominations who are binding people to things that is not scripture and making it law. <laughs> Say, as a new creation in Christ... I am not boxed in, but set free. You're not boxed in, and don't let people box you in. You have been set free. Again, see, see, and I'm going to show you this because people even try to dumb down God's grace. We're under his grace. We're no longer under the demands of the law. We are under grace. So why are you letting people dumb that down? Uh, this grace message. Unlearned person, what, what did the scripture say? 
Are you here? And to preserve our freedom, we must stay close to Christ and resist any who promotes subtle ways for us to earn our salvation and its benefits. Let me read that again. To preserve your freedom, what I mean is stay close to Christ. Know what his word says. Stay in agreement. Hold fast to what he has declared. Because there are people who are still promoting, they have subtle ways of, of again, of, of how we got to earn our salvation and its benefits. Again, prime example of, well, you're going through that because God needs to see if, well, what did Jesus do then? If I'm still trying to be made right, Jesus died in vain, as Paul declares. So what did he come for, minister, if I'm still trying to measure up? See, and if you get up under that, you pronounce the curse on yourself, not God. And you'll forever feel guilty and condemned. And there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ, period. That's the original version. Are you here? So the law brings a curse. The law brings a curse. And you go back to Deuteronomy 27, 28, and you see all these things. That's why we shouldn't really preach. Uh, uh, if, you do, if you don't do, then these curses. I'm not under that, sir, ma'am. You just seen in your scripture that when Christ came, the tutor went away. <laughs> Are you all listening? When Christ came, bye-bye, tutor. No more. I couldn't keep all of you anyway. I'm t- I was tired of y'all anyway. Now let me mess up and still be loved and accepted. Now, now don't go out and mess up on purpose now. Now, don't go out and say, Pastor said mess up. I'm a, it's, it's Memorial Weekend, girl. Turn up. You, if you turn up, it better be the volume other scriptures. <laughs> Turn up on the fact that you've been free. Are you here? So I would write that down. First point. The law brings a curse. Now, the book of the law refers to the covenant laws that God made with his people during the time of Moses. So when we talk about the law, the book of the law refers to the covenant laws that God made with his people through the time of Moses. You have moral laws, ceremonial laws, civil laws, moral laws. What do you mean moral laws? Dealing with sexual conduct, respect, etc. Ceremonial laws dealt with the customs of the nations, the various sacrifices that we talked about earlier, and other ceremonies regarding uncleanness. Then you had the civil laws. These were the laws that dealt with eye for an eye. Uh, how to handle murder, murder, restitution of various sorts. So you had these things. You, uh, you, see, again, we're not under eye for an eye. Some, well, some still live under the old covenant. You slap me, I'm going to slap you back. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> As a matter of fact, and I'm not going to get into that, even with the Bible talking about slap someone, turn their cheek, it doesn't mean that you, you walk away. And, and I taught that years ago. It, it, in the literature, to be slapped was an insult. So when someone would slap you, it, it, matter of fact, they would slap you left-handed. So what it meant, turn it down. It's, it wasn't saying turn and walk away. So if you slap somebody, or well, let no, hold on, no, we not. Let me use myself. <laughs> you slap me, <laughs> I'm clapping back. <laughs> you know? And that's not a sin for whoever thought that. I'm not saying go incite riots and, and, and try to start fights, but it's like this. If you start it, just expect me to finish it. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. And see, look, I know certain beliefs have you not been able to agree with that, but that's fine. Let somebody slap y'all and slap you silly. That's between you and Jesus. And when you realize that your name is already written, talking about believers in the Lamb's Book of Life, you, you, okay, yeah, you secured. Yeah, uh, oh yeah, I can slap you and still see Jesus. Now let's get back. See, somebody's going to leave. He's, who, who heard me say go out here and start fights? So don't, don't leave saying that. Amen? Let's get back into the Word. So, so, and these laws were given so that the Israelites' behavior could reflect their eminence or their distinction as God's chosen people. So that's why these laws were given, so they could be distinguished as God's chosen people. Now listen, they were merely shadows that showed what was coming. So all of these things that they done, they were what? Shadows. Christ was the substance. Let me show you something. Again, when you understand this, you would, you would realize that I'm holy whether I worship on Saturday, Sunday, Monday, or Tuesday. Because even in the body of Christ, we have believers fighting over what day you should worship. We're about to see something here. <laughs> Stay free. <laughs> Let me show you something. Colossians 2. 17, 18. Who's, who, who's learning something? Raise your hand. Okay, just a couple. Right. I assume everyone who didn't raise your hand, you, you still. <laughs> In the past, these things were what? Like a shadow that showed what was coming. But the new things that were coming are found in who? All of the various things that they had to do are found in, found in who? Christ. Verse 18. Some people enjoy acting as if they are what? Humbled and love to worship angels. They always what? Talk about visions they had. Don't listen to them. They say you're doing wrong because you don't do these things. It is so foolish for them to feel what such pride because it all is based on their own human ideas. I think we're missing a verse. Maybe it was verse. Uh, go back to verse 17. What about verse 16? In, in verse 14, let's know all these things were nailed to the cross. Matter of fact, go to verse 14. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, here, here it goes right here. So don't let anyone make what? Rude. Hold on. Don't even want to make rules for you. Some of you still won't eat a shrimp or a lobster because or any split-footed animal with hooves and whatever. And every time you eat pork, you feel guilty and go cleanse yourself for seven days because you feel like you're not right before God. Now, I don't eat it because I like health. Uh, and I'm not telling you not to eat it. I just don't. I don't like it. I don't like it. I used to. But I just, I, I'm not a pork eater. But if you like the pig, that's between you and Jesus, man. You're not going to hell. You can eat it from the rooter to the tutor. <laughs> and just to save as the man who's afraid to eat. <laughs> Some of you won't eat selfish, shellfish because you told you, ah, that's us. Ah. Somebody said, oh, I'm so glad I came today. <laughs> Freedom has came. So don't let anyone, hold on, make rules for you about eating and drinking or about Jewish customs, festivals, New moons, celebration, or Sabbath days. So don't let your friends tell you you are wrong for worshiping on Sunday. And those of you who are Sunday, don't condemn those who worship on Saturday or Tuesday. Let me show you something. As a matter of fact, Jesus is our Sabbath or our Sabbat. You can find that in Matthew 12, 8. Uh, you just put it up for the hearing. Uh, uh, furthermore, the writer of matter of fact, the writer of Hebrews exhorts us to enter into the Sabbath rest that's provided by Christ. He is your Sabbat. Are you here? The Son of Man is what Lord over the Sabbath. Then we see in uh, Hebrews chapter four and go home and read it in your leisure, where the Bible encourages us to enter into the Sabbath provided by Christ. Are you with me? Let me show you something. Romans 14, 4 through 6, NLT. So, you hear? So, the law, refer, again, refers to the covenant laws that God made with his people during the time of Moses. And they were in place. They were stewarding over you, pointing you to Christ until Christ, what? Came. So, once he came... I, I could imagine how people were standing by the river, ready to grab whatever they could eat. I'm sure they even had the hog, just had them chained, ready to, had the fire, had the, had the grill already going. <laughs> Soon as Jesus come, we're going to eat you. Gonna, um, I've been wanting to taste you for a long time. Watch this. And Paul here deals with this. Stop being a critical Christian. Stop being a critical Christian. Who are you to condemn someone else's servants? 
their own masters would judge whether they stand or fall. And with the Lord's help, they will stand and receive his approval. In the same way, some think one day is more holy than another day. While what others think every day is alike. You should each be fully convinced that whichever day you choose is acceptable. So I'm not beating you down for worshiping on Saturday, and don't you beat me down for worshiping on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or every day is holy unto the Lord. Are you here? Now, verse 6. Those who worship the Lord on a special day do it to what? See, whatever day you're doing it, you're doing it to honor him. See, you can worship on Saturday, not even honor the Lord. You're doing it out of tradition and custom and Thank you. Just routine. Just habit. Why you do that? That's what we do. Same thing with Sunday. Wednesday. Those who worship the Lord on a special day do it to honor him. Those who eat any kind of food do so to what? Honor the Lord. So they give thanks to God before? Uh, find that nothing, to, nothing is to be refused if it's sanctified for the person who's still under the law. I'm not, you know, who's afraid to sample whatever type of food. If you do it, let it be because, if you don't do it, let it be because I'm health conscious, more health conscious, whatever, but don't fall up on it because you think God's going to condemn you or look at you a certain way. Don't, don't hang that burden over your head. Are you here? Uh, for every creature of God is good and nothing is what? Ooh. And you know what? People still try to find a way to go back and use a verse that said bye-bye when Jesus came in terms of being your guardian. Are you here? So nothing of you refuses is what receiving Thanksgiving. Now go back to uh, verse 6. Somebody says, Ooh, thank you, Jesus. Because normally I wouldn't even go to, who, 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 who's been wanting to eat something that you. But see, but see, and see, here's the thing. Some of you have been mad because all you've been eating is chicken. You, you never taste another meat. Then you say, hey, uh, what about a filet? You like filet? No. Have you ever tasted it? No. Well, how do you know you don't like it? You eat salmon? No. You like it? No. Have you ever tried it? No. Well, I... You ever had duck? No. Duck? Why? I don't want You go to McDonald's. Chicken nuggets. Captain D's. Chicken tenders. Uptown Steakhouse. You got any fried chicken? Taco Bell. Uh, chicken taco. Crab House. Uh, give me chicken fingers. Snails only. You got any fried chicken back there in the back? <laughs> Look, and this is what tickled me. You could you could be somewhere all they sell are worms, fried worms, any way you can get it. And the waitress will come, and you know what they say? Give me an eight-piece uh, chicken wing dinner. <laughs> Haven't even looked at the menu. 
but I sense in my censor. There are about three of you. You've been liberated, and today you eating everything but chicken. <laughs> and when your family try to condemn you, you just ain't stunned, y'all. I'm free. I'm gonna eat everything I can. And then they can be like, we were waiting on you to come on this other side. Those who worship the Lord on a special day, do it to what? Honor him. Those who eat any kind of food, do so to what? Honor the Lord, since they give thanks to the Lord before eating it. And those who refuse to eat certain foods also what? Want to please the Lord and give thanks to it. So, li listen, it's like this. If you want to eat it, fine. I'm not going to damn you. And, and if I eat it, don't you say that about it? Are you here? Why? Because you will be free. So the law, see, and here's the thing, the law can point out where we fail and fall short of God's will, but it cannot pronounce us righteous. That was not its purpose. And the reason that no one can obey the law perfectly, matter of fact, in fact, there were over 600 studies suggest over 600 or something laws that the Jews had to keep in order to be right with the Lord. Not, we just, not just the Ten Commandments, there was 600 something laws. And you have people struggling with one. 600? And you're not happy about that? I'm so glad we're not under. Aren't you glad you weren't living in Moses? <laughs> and see, here's the thing. The breaking of even one commandment put a person under condemnation. So trying to achieve salvation and its benefits through obedience to the law is futile. Are you with me? Now, in Galatians 3, the Apostle Paul, he's telling us that everyone who does not keep the law perfectly is cursed. Let's look at that. So, and I'm saying that to say, guys, live in a freedom whereby Christ has set you free. Live in agreement with him. And if you live in agreement, you're going to love what he loves. And hate what he hates. The law demands perfection and impossibility because we're all, we were all born into sin as a result of Adam. And here's the thing. As a result, all who try to live by the old law are under a divine curse. It is not God doing it. You pronounce it on yourselves. Be good. But God doesn't establish your righteousness based upon how good you are. It's based upon what Jesus did, and therefore, he sees you as good. Why? Because your life is hid in Christ. This is so good to me. Galatians 7, 20, let me show you this because, you, you, be, be free, sir. Be free, ma'am. And lift the burden. And see what happened. Once you live like that, you'll find yourself doing right all the time. Because you're not living under any pressure to do so. So now it becomes axiomatic or automatic, if you will. There is no one on earth who does right all the time. It never makes a mistake. Now, notice I didn't say commit sins and things all the time. There's no one who does. It, 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 could, it, it could even be the way you said hello to someone. That was distasteful. So it doesn't always talk about 
out here sinning, doing crazy stuff. But there's, it, the point is, there may be times where you uh, just kind of, uh, and before, you reacted before you thought. Now the stimulus check money gone. You know, you kind of, uh, the bills kind of ran up on you sooner than you thought. And here's the thing. Just remember this, and it'll help you be a better steward. The first and the 15th and the 30th. Because usually that's when things are due between the first, 15th, and the 30th, depending on how you got, got them coming in. And if you remember that, it, until you get to that overflow, it'll help you be a better steward. You know what I mean? And what tickles me is some get these lump sums. Now, notice how you are bill conscious when you're in need. But it, it, they never cross your mind when you got a pocket full of money. I mean, the telephone bill, they didn't even cross your mind. You got $3,000 in your hand. And you're not even thinking about the mortgage. But when I needed it, couldn't sleep because that's all, Lord, if I just had, I had $300 to pay this. I, I just had three. Lord you, Lord, you know I've been trying to be the best I could be. I've prayed. I've fasted. Lord, I'm your servant. I've never missed it. There you go, lying right now. You're lying, right? There's no one who does right. See, see now you're being self-righteous, being prideful. I've never missed it. I've been saved all my life. I've never had as much as a, I, I, I don't go around people who smoke. I don't sit at the bars when I go out to eat. I, Lord, you know me. You know me. <laughs> That's how they do. Even in some circles, uh, a pastor friend of mine, Dr. Bianca, we were eating lunch the other day at Papa Do's, I think it was, and the only thing they had available was the bar. Didn't bother me none. You got some circles, oh, I seen Pastor Rick sitting at the bar. And what was I doing? See, see, we don't, what was he doing? He was eating, (laughs) drinking water. But some, you can, that burden being lifted because some of you, you want to, you walk out of a restaurant. Even if they sell liquor, you want to go, I ain't going to know why they sell liquor. <laughs> then cussing on the way out the door. See, self-righteous. <laughs> they sell liquor in there. Yeah, but they it's also selling at the filling station. Do you not get gas? They sell cigarettes in there. Are you going to smoke a pack? Yeah. <laughs> Are you here? And people are being, listen, focus on you and your relationship with the Lord. The scripture says, Holy Spirit will convict the world of sin. Not you. You're not the convictor. 
And I submit to you, if you live right, people will see whatever, you know what, they, they might be the biggest, whatever, because I'm with you, I'm, I'm not going to do it today. I understand who I'm with. And if they choose not to, I'm still not going to get up and leave. Are you here? Watch your company now. So I always have to balance it out. We're not saying do craziness, but y'all, you get what I'm saying. And you got people debating, can I drink, can I not drink, can I say Listen, <clears throat> when you love with your loves, or when you're in agreement, you love with your love, hate with your hate. Then people mature at various levels. So, so stop. Then you got verses you could use however you want to, one way or the other. But if my conviction doesn't lead me to do that, I'm, I'm not. Are you here? But, it, but if, you, if you, every time you get near something, you got to get your head raggedy. Live in agreement, man. You know how people say, I'm a social media <clears throat> It also can be a deceiver, is what Scripture says. So, uh, again, I hear you take a, you know, there's Scripture says, take a little wine. For the belly sake, Rev. When people would travel through certain regions throughout Ephesus, the water was real tainted and bad and would give people real bad stomach aches. So when Paul talks about a little wine for the belly, say, to cure, you drinking bad water? <laughs> well, I, I have regular tap water, but it does. See, this is what people start doing. As you know, now that you mentioned, I do kind of, every now and again, my stomach feel kind of, I, I need to get it checked. Is he telling you to do it? No. Is he condemning the ones who, who, who may have a little red wine? Why are we going here? With their dinner? <laughs> no. I, I'm saying the more you get in this word, you, you will know what to do. Let's do it. Let's, are you here? Now everybody should be fit because I, I, I feel that tension rising. What, 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 where he going with that? Where, where, where he going? And don't be talking about the Lord told you to do that. Someone recently, uh, <laughs> oh Lord. <laughs> I was up here at the office and came and blessed me with a seed. If I was to reason, I would suspect that they would probably had probably had a little something, something. I said, the Lord told me to. I said, no, the Lord didn't tell you to drive up here like that now. He might have told you to come plant that seed, but let somebody else drive you in. The Lord's not going to have you out here driving drunk, uh, talking about to come plant a seed. Now, he might have, you might have got the first part right, but the second part meaning 
get somebody to drive you to him. Uber, Lyft, who else, y'all? Uber, Eats, what is it? I don't know, DoorDash. Say it again. Oh, okay, yeah, well, yeah. Y'all know who to call. <laughs> Are you here? But I didn't condemn anybody, but I encouraged, hey, man, nah, get, you know. Are y'all here? Y'all, we don't waste too much time on that one. But there's none who on earth does right all the time. It never makes sense. But the good news is that Jesus, guess what, guys, redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. Let me get to a stopping place. Galatians 10. Notice we said the, cur- the, the law brings a curse. Now, <clears throat> yeah, I got about, normally I would stop here, but since it's Memorial Day weekend, you're off. You're going to be off Monday, right, for the most part. Why not? Hey, let's just go. For, let's take an extra 10. What about that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anybody ready to go? Hey, man, enjoy your rest of the day. We'll see you next week. You, you don't have to. You're under no pressure. Amen. See? Under old covenant, I'll be demanding you to stay and beat. Yo, you, you going to hell? You leave now? You better sit. No. Uh-uh. No. But the good news is, oh, I just said that. (laughs) Jesus redeemed you from the curse that came as a result of the law. And you can go through again Deuteronomy and see what all the curses were. Galatians 3, let's start at verse 10. You hear? But people who depend on falling, again, all those demands to make them right are under... So if, you, if, you, if you're thinking that's how you are right before God, you place yourself back under those penalties. Not God. You do it. Notice that people who depend on. As the scripture says, they must do uh, everything. What? That is written. Uh, if they do not always obey, they are under. So, so when you put yourself under that, that's why a lot of people always forever feel condemned and, and beat down because they're trying to measure up based upon what they do. Verse 11, so it is clear that no one can be made right with God by the law. The scripture says that the one who is right with God by how? By faith will live forever or have life. Verse 12, the law does not depend on faith. See, the the law depends on self-effort, works. That's what the law depends on. Are you here? No, it says the only way a person will find life uh, by the law is by command. And listen, and you can't find life in it because you never can keep them all. Again, the law's purpose was to point you that you need this new faith that's coming. Well, for us, it's the new faith talking about Jesus. But for them, it was this is why you need a Savior. Why? Because you can't satisfy them all. Are you here? Uh, verse 13, the law says that we are under a curse for not always obeying it. But Christ took 
away that curse. Oh, look at this. He changed places with us and put himself under that curse. The scripture says anyone who was hung on a tree is under. Okay. In other words, he switched places with you. That's why Colossians 2.14. I don't think we read it. Go there, Tamara. So if Christ, why would you get back out of place? Why would you go back to bondage? Because we broke God's laws. We owed what? A debt. A debt that, listen, all the rules we failed to follow. But God, hey, but, uh, but God forgave us of that debt. He took it away and nailed it to the, listen, you have been forgiven for all time. So you don't have to confess when you pray. You don't have to start off, Lord, forgive me for the sins I knew, didn't know, and about to do. No, no, no. You've been forgiven. The debt has been paid. Galatians 3.13, the law says we're under a curse, we're not always abandoned. But Christ took that curse away when, when he nailed it on the cross. He changed places with us and put himself under that curse. Verse 14, because of what Jesus Christ did. Here we go, talking about that blessing. The blessing God promised Abraham to get, uh, given to all people. Let me say it again. Because of what Jesus did, the blessing God promised Abraham was given to because of what? Because of what Jesus did. Not because of what you do. <laughs> the blessings are yours based upon what Jesus did. And you get them. By living in agreement with what he satisfied. Living in agreement with God. That's why Ephesians tells us we have already been blessed with every spiritual. So all things that pertains to the spirit, you've been blessed. All things that Abraham's blessing was a material and a financial blessing. So everything that pertains to the Abrahamic blessing are yours. Everything that pertains to the spirit are yours. That's why we always declare you are not fighting for victory. You are fighting from victory. You're not trying to get healed. You are healed. You're not trying to get rich. You are rich. You're not trying to get delivered. You are delivered. You're not trying to get right. You are right. here. So while the law is perfect and holy, those who try to justify themselves before it are its holy author. Uh, you don't bring a blessing, but you bring a curse upon yourself. Notice I said the law is holy. Let me show you something. Romans 7, 12, URV, we're almost done, but we need this freedom. Now, the law is what? Holy. And the command is holy and right and good. So, understand this. I don't want you to get this. The Bible, it says, tells us what the curse of the law is. Let, let, let me tell you what the curse of the law is. We, we just read it. The curse of the law is all who rely on observing the law 
are under that curse. That's what the curse of the law is. When you try to live or observe that, you put yourself back under it. And all those things that came as a result of not doing it, that's what the curse of the law is. Not just sickness, spiritual death, and lack, whatever the word of faith taught us. That's, it's, that's included. So he delivered me more than sickness. Poverty. Spiritual death. There was a whole lot of other stuff that came upon people as a result of not. Are you here? So the curse of the law is when you try to rely on observing it, you put yourself back under it. That's why it says curse everyone who does not continue to do those things. Verse 12, clearly no one is justified before God by the law, but the, ju- but the just will live or the righteous will live by faith, guys. Christ, say this, Christ redeemed me from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for me. Now, something we must understand from this passage is that the curse, listen to this, is not the law. We just seen the law is holy and good. The curse is the penalty levied for not keeping the law. So it wasn't the law that was the curse. It was what was levied as a result of not keeping the law, not the law. Are you with me? <laughs> and the curse of the law fell on Christ on our behalf so that the righteousness of God could fall on us, though we did not deserve it. Christ switched places with you. 2 Corinthians 5.21. A couple more verses and we're done. Are you here? For he made him who knew no sin. I want to show you something here. For he what? For he made him who knew no sin to be what? Sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So you became right or in right standing with God by the faithfulness of Jesus. Again, if you get this, if you live in agreement, you're going to want to do the right thing because you love what he loves and you hate what he hates. So Jesus made the ultimate sacrifice on the cross when he bore the curse. And Paul explains this. Let me show you in the letter to the Romans. And we're, I'm going to get this to you in these five minutes. Jesus made the ultimate sacrifice on the cross when he bore the curse. So Paul explains this, Romans 3, 25, 26. Do you see this? Uh, You have the NLT? Oh, okay. Uh, You got the NLT version? I like the way it reads. We can read this. God gave Jesus a way to forgive people's sins. Okay. Watch this. Snap, snap that, what y'all call it, screenshot it, if you like that version. Well, let me read it. Listen to this. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. Okay, look at this. For God presented who? Jesus, the only one that could die for you and did. 
sacrifice as a sacrifice for sins. People are made. How are you made right? See, I, I want to get this to you because guilt and condemnation will stand in the way of you believing. And a lot of people are still trying to measure. Uh, it, it may sound, again, elementary, but you would be amazed at how many people are still trying to present themselves a certain way before God and things aren't happening because they have pronounced themselves under the curse and they're living out of agreement. They're living in d- disbelief, guilt and condemnation more so than they are in agreement with what God has done. That's what religion has done to Christians. And again, in the sense that I'm, the terminology that I'm using religion, when you are trying to be right based upon what you do and measure up by what you do, you cannot do it enough. Because here's the thing, how do you know when, you, when you've done enough? For God presented Jesus as a sacrifice of sin, people are made right with God how? When they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shed his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was what? Being fair when he held back and did not punish. Even those, he, he was being fair when he did, did not give those what they deserved back then. Verse 26, in past times, for he was looking what? Ahead and including them in what he would do in the present time. God did did this to demonstrate his righteousness, for he himself is fair, just, and makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. Let me show you something. Romans 6, 14. Sin, the effects of sin, no longer is no longer your master. See, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom. So, it, watch even preachers are talking about all this great stuff. Read your Bible, sir, ma'am. We're living under the freedom of God's grace. His undeserved, unmerited. So when you tell me I have to do something to qualify, you're saying it's merited. It ain't based upon what I do. It's unmerited. So I don't have to do anything to qualify except believe what Jesus did. Are you here? Jesus, again, the purpose of the law was to point us to Christ. When Christ came, the law went out. The demands and requirements, that is. You get what I'm saying? Your tutor, it was no longer standing hovering over you. you. It's no longer you having to walk like you under scrutiny 24-7. Imagine living that way. Someone just hovering over you every waking minute of the day, every second, every hour. Uh-uh. You, pick, you did that wrong? Uh-uh. So the purpose of the law was to point us to Christ. Um, and we see that in Galatians 3.24. Jesus is the end of the law. Romans 10.4. Christ ended the law so that everyone believes in him is made right with God. Christ ended the law so that everyone who believes in him. So how are you made right? How are you made right? By believing in him. Ephesians 2.15. This is good to me. Ephesians 2.15, last verse. Christ ended the law 
with its many commands and rules. Who ended it? You see, when you understand this, just like Paul was talking to the church of Galatia, notice there were religious leaders and false leaders trying to lead them back into bondage. Same thing has happened today. People are using the Bible to put you back in bondage. That's why sometimes it, 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 it gets to me when I hear messages of, you know, it, it, having to qualify in. We already came out. You're coming out and you and ha, you're coming out. I'm out, man. Just suffer for a little while longer. Jesus suffered for me. I don't want to suffer no more, man. I'm tired of suffering. And the suffering that, again, the apostles talk about is suffering for your righteous stance. The suffering that most Christians talk about today has nothing to do with you being a believer. You're not meeting a great opposition because of your walk with the Lord. Stuff we 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 talk we just personal relationships and finances and people on the job. This is just minute compared to what this is nothing like what they I know persecution and persecution, but what we're talking about, what they were talking about, not you and your husband at odds because you two can't get in agreement. That's what Pastor T is for. He was talking about havoc on the job. There may be havoc, but that ain't the kind of persecution that they were talking about. You enduring. They were talking about you meeting great opposition because you're standing for Jesus, and I'm not going to relent on it. And people are persecuting you as a result. And I'm not minimizing you and your husband's issues, what you're going on personally. But that, that you know, me making bad decisions, now I'm in a jam financially. That, that's not the type of persecution they were talking about, guys. There are no prayer requests dealing with deliverance from severe persecution in the world. No, it'd be a little, I mean, not little, but. Dealing with stuff that could could have been fixed. Are you here? <laughs> and guess what? And they charge us, and we feel good off some of those messages. But stay free. You've been set free. I'm just saying, see, and see, here's the thing. It's like once you get a revelation of the truth and you hear the truth, you catch stuff. It, it just sounds like, oh, man, that, oh, why are they saying that? Are you here? Christ ended the law with its many demands and commands and rules. His purpose was to make the what? Two groups become one. By doing this, he would what? To what? Let me show you something. 
Christ ended the law with his many commands and rules. His purpose was to make two groups become one in him. By doing this, he would make peace. By his death, Christ ended the angry resentment between Jews and Gentiles. The Jews uh, that were called because, uh, based upon the Jewish laws, they favored the Jews and they excluded the Gentiles. When Christ died, he abolished the whole system of Jews. Then the two groups that had been opposed to each other were made of the same parts. So there was no longer any tension between the two. Are you here? That's why Jesus tells us uh, in Galatians, or the Word tells us that in him there is no Jew. No what? Greek. Gentile. Slave free, male or female. We are all one in him. Listen, what I wanted to establish today was when you still try to measure up by you doing something, you actually remove yourself from God's grace. We've seen that in Galatians 5 around verse 4. So, and I said that to say, live in agreement with God. And if you live in agreement, all the right things that you should be doing, you'll want to do. You'll begin to desire to do. And it's not based upon Outward works, outward appearance. You are right, not because of what you do. You are right because of what Jesus did. And what will help you live in that freedom is by staying in agreement with what he did. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to make a donation and support this ministry as we expand the kingdom of God, please visit ShekinahGloryFC.com or download our church app from iTunes App Store or Google Play by searching Shekinah Glory FC and click Give to make your donation.